This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast this week is David Jay, founder and CEO of Warm Welcome. It really helps people stand out. You know, everybody has been doing things the old way. Everybody has a funnel built. They have email campaigns. You know, you sign up for a product and you get 20 emails and they all look the same. They're beautifully designed. They're full of text and graphics. But when you put your face behind something, you build trust way faster than you do with pretty graphics. And for most products and services, people want to trust the person that's making it before they're going to buy it. This is David. He was recently named a top 100 tech innovator and influencer. David is a startup junkie and he started service-based companies and several software businesses. He believes that business can be a tool to help us all build better relationships and connect us to a purpose far beyond ourselves. Today, he's the CEO of Warm Welcome, a startup that is on a mission to create a world that is more personal, more human, and more joyful than ever before. They believe that most people will prefer to engage with another human instead of a robot, and that relationships are what makes our life rich and gives us meaning. That inspired me, and hence I invited David to my podcast. We explore what is broken in the way we communicate digitally and what that leads to. We then discuss the approach that David has chosen to solve this problem in a remarkable way. He shares the big lessons that he learned in building the solution in an as lean as possible way. He addresses the challenges that he faced in creating momentum in a completely new category and ends with his fresh take on the concept of launching. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, that we're too often building remarkable software, but forget the power of human touch and combining the two creates something that stands out. Secondly, that in order to more often succeed, we should replace the word launch with planting seeds. Thirdly, why we should always test the water in a market with something lightweight, something that we can still adjust without wasting money. And fourthly, why it is key to turn early customers into evangelists and how to go about it. So hi, David. Thank you for making the time available today and be a guest on my podcast. Oh, thanks, Don. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, that's the same for me. When I got introduced to your company and I started to read about your vision and your values, that's where that clicked with me. 
it's a hundred percent i would say in line with why i'm doing this podcast in the first place which is to tell those uh, compelling stories mm. about the value that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way you're doing mm-hmm. it in a yeah i would say a refreshing way and that's what uh, what this conversation is going to be about before we move into like what your company warm welcome does a little bit about you i saw that you founded a couple of companies so if you have to describe yourself or characterize yourself as an entrepreneur what words would you use yeah well i'm a startup guy so i like the kind of beginning of the journey kind of going from the initial idea to somewhat of a product market fit and trying to grow kind of the early stages of revenue but then once the company is you know, reached a point where you've kind of proven those things, then I like to go start something else and get a team there to grow the business. So yeah, I'm a startup guy. I think startup is the probably the best word. That's great to have those people. And uh, some people are feeling much more comfortable with taking something forward that's already running. But I think I've got more admiration for people that actually know how to, to start all those cool things. So yeah, that's good. Why the passion to start and not to, well, let's call it finish? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I think I was just kind of uh, born for that. There's a passion and an energy that comes at the very beginning of something. You know, it's fresh, it's new, it's unproven. It's more of a, a concept, an idea than a reality. And so there's a lot more exploration that gets to happen. So I think there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. And, and so I like that. But some people don't like that. They like to have more certainty, more predictability. And so different people, different preferences. Yeah. So I saw that your company, uh, Warm Welcome, you started that in 2019, the year before, I would almost say. <laughs> yeah. The year before the pandemic. What is the big idea behind it? What did you see that was screaming for something different? Yeah. So... In 2019, you know, of course, people were going about their life, you know, in a normal way, meeting up, hanging out. But the pandemic really pushed people towards more virtual communication. Now, I don't think that video, which is kind of what we do, we help businesses personalize things through video. I think video is going on a shift. It's not a one-year shift because of a pandemic. It's not even a 10-year shift. It's probably like a 600-year shift in the way that humans communicate. And if you look back 600 years ago, you remember it was the printing press that came out, which was one of the first things in the world that scaled, right? You could do something once, print it a million times. And ever since then, humans have been obsessed with the written form of communication, right? We have notebooks, leather-bound notebooks, paper-bound. We have emails. We have text messages. We have Facebook posts. We have tweets. We have a million ways to communicate with the written word. But what we've all learned in the last year, if you've spent any time on Twitter or Facebook, is that humans don't actually interact very well, very humanely maybe is the word, In written communication, it becomes a fight. People get angry. They read everything in a negative state of mind where when you get on video, you see another human similar to what would happen is, you know, if we were out having a beer, right? We're out having some wine or some beer talking. We could have disagreements. We could see the world differently 
and still be in the same room and hang out and understand each other and understand where each other are coming from. And so video helps people interact in just a much better way than text. You saw this coming before the pandemic was there. That's interesting in itself. But of course, I mean, this hasn't been a mystery. It was already big then. And I think, but correct me if I'm wrong, that the pandemic actually was more of a pushing your back than it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely helped because everyone's out searching for things like Warm Welcome now, both for the video communication, but also because they're seeking a more personal connection. You know, we're not meant to live in isolation. We're not meant to live socially distanced. We're not meant to live with masks on. We're meant to live as humans with each other. And so, you know, in these really weird times, we've got to find ways to do that, that, you know, where people still feel safe and feel like they can have a relationship with another person. So yeah, it's been happening for a long time, you know, social media and even before that online forums, that was my background was building communities online before Facebook, before Twitter, you know, back in the early 2000s using, you know, these different forum technologies. And I saw it happening then. People just got angry with each other really quickly and they would, someone would write something and they'd read it as like an attack. And, you know, if I was to type to you and say, why are we meeting at 10 a.m.? Versus me asking you, you know, hey, why are we meeting at 10 a.m.? It would come across very differently. You're like, whoa, hey, you know, easy. If you're reading it, it sounds worse. But that's just a problem in the way we've been kind of twisted through written communication. Yeah. So maybe explain in a, in a short way what the, products, what the product really is meant to do. Like what is the transformation that you get when you start using it? Yeah. So we want to personalize every touch point on the customer journey. So we started with video emails. There's a lot of companies that do video emails now. But what we realized was that video emails, they're great, but they're just one touch point, right? And so could you personalize a business card and make a video business card? You know, it's a lot more effective than a paper business card. Most paper business cards end up in the trash. They can only be shared with one person at a time. You can't take a paper business card and turn it into a hundred. You know, you have to reprint a paper business card every single time your position changes or your contact information changes. Whereas a digital video business card You can share with one person, that person can share with a hundred people. So there's a lot of benefits to this transition. And so personalizing every touch point. So from a video business card to a video email signature. So every single email that I send out has a video of me in it, smiling and waving, talking through a little bit about my company. It's a wonderful way to kind of start the interaction with somebody. Yeah, Um, But then you move it around to your website and you say, Hey, how can video personalize your website? You know, nowadays people's websites are their storefronts. Almost every business now is being forced to sell through their website. The problem is that they haven't personalized their website. So for example, if you were to go into an Apple store and there were no people there, There was no greeter there at the front welcoming you saying, I'm so glad you're here. Is there, you know, anything that I can help you with? If all it was, was pretty products, you'd have a much different experience. And even Apple, 
who makes some of the most beautiful products in the world knows that that human touch is very important. And so that's what we want to do is give people a warm welcome as soon as they hit your website. And so we have this little video bubble where you can smile and wave and invite people into a relationship with you as well as with your brand, as well as with your products. Cool. So people start using it. So there's begin and an after. What is the impact this is creating? What is the opportunity if we get if everybody starts to use this? Well, it really helps people stand out. You know, everybody has been doing things the old way. Everybody has a funnel built. They have email campaigns. You know, you sign up for a product and you get 20 emails and they all look the same. They're beautifully designed. They're full of text and graphics. But when you put your face behind something, you build trust way faster than you do with pretty graphics. And for most products and services, people want to trust the person that's making it before they're going to buy it. True. Very well, sir. We're seeing that across the board. I mean, the fallout and trust on social media, people are using different platforms because they don't trust the person running this platform. So they're going to different platforms, right? We're seeing this, you know, trusting be a big deal, ironically. If you can show people that, hey, you're human too, and you're trying to figure things out. And if you do something wrong, you're going to make it right. You're going to build trust quicker. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So you started this in 2019. I'm not sure which month it was, but at least let's let's take it for two years. Product is available. Customers are, are ramping up. I'm always interested to find out like what is journey to where you are right now. And since I wrote a book about the called the remarkable effect, like remarkable products, that's what I love. Hmm. What have you done to your product that makes it remarkable? Because at the end, like you say, there's more companies that do video these days. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, we think that what makes it remarkable is the people that use it. And that's what makes you know it really work. It's not our product that is going to help you stand out. It's you. And so we want to help you be you. And we want to showcase your business and we want to get out of the way. What we're just trying to do is make it simple, make it easy, and make it really unified. Currently, if you go out, you've got to you know, use one company for video email. You have to use another one to put a video bubble on your website. Then you have to use another one kind of for your video library, another one for your email signatures, another one for your video business cards. And when you do that, the communication that comes in now is disjointed and you are approaching things tactically where really I think this is a better done as a a strategic initiative in a business saying, hey, we're going to personalize our business. We're going to use video to do it. Let's pick a tool that can do all these things and make a very nice, consistent and clean way to communicate with our customers. Yeah. Let me make a small interruption here. David just explained that his aspiration has not been to create a remarkable product, but a product that makes his users remarkable. It's a small twist, but a big difference. It's turning the focus 100% towards the core problem to solve. And that is to set the user up to be human and let them do that consistently across the entire spectrum of the customer journey. It's the sum of the components that does the magic. And this is a trait remarkable software companies master. Their curiosity let them go deep to see the dots of value and then connect them. They focus on taking a different approach rather than trying to create something slightly better. And then they create momentum, leveraging word of mouth as the main growth driver. You can master these traits as well 
and I got various options for you to start. Just go to valueinspiration.com to learn how to deliver the foundational pieces to fast track the growth of your software business. And as you are there, don't forget to grab the free Kindle version of my book, The Remarkable Effect. Enjoy. Back to the interview. Yeah, I'm all in for that. So let me see. I get where you're going with this. At the end, it's also, it's also a kind of a big bet because you're saying you want to have all these touch points. And of course, you're going to compete with all the, the best of breed plugins that you, of course, you were talking about. And of course, it's all about making decisions and saying yes and no to things. So one of the people that I have always, I mean, you were just talking about Apple and Steve Jobs were, was always saying, innovation is not about what you can do, but it's what you say no to. Mm. So on that journey, what have you said, okay, this is where we focus and this is, this is what we leave to others. Have you got any examples of that? Oh, yeah, because like you mentioned, there are these other products, you know, kind of best of breed, single use products that go very deep down the line in a certain, you know, feature set or a certain use case. And that's all fine and good. And, you know, right now we, we're very early in this transition from text communication to video communication. So we, we're a blue ocean company. You know, we're not looking at this as a, a crowded shark, red ocean sort of, sort of industry. And so, you know, we don't beg on companies that would even be competition because really we need more companies doing more sure. of this to convince the market that it's a better way to go about their business. So, yeah. so yeah, for us, it's just about simplifying and making it very approachable and getting people in the door. But, you know, we have to say no to the complexity that comes from every single knob and dial, bell and whistle. Exactly. Yeah, that's always the, the fine line and the balance to find in this case. So what has been a decision that has been really important on this journey? Or what has been a big nut that you had to crack? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of them. A lot of the things that we're doing are early. So for example, certain email providers don't allow video to be played right in the email. And so you have to account for a lot of different use cases and things like that. And so, you know, it's not rocket science. It's just having fallbacks and explaining to customers why it works this way in this case yeah. and this way in this case. More than anything, it's a really exciting time to be doing this type of technology because people are becoming more aware of their need for it. And yeah. you get to live it out on a daily basis. You know, we're not a typical SaaS company that's just invisible to the customer. We're putting our face out there. We're putting our videos out there. We're having daily interactions, human interactions through Warm Welcome with our own customers. And so we've found a lot more joy in going about business that way. Instead of focusing on a Facebook ad or a funnel, we get to focus on a relationship with our customer and see the impact that the work that we do every day is having in their life with their business, their families, their customers. Yeah, because I, I, I see this on your website. We believe that relationships are what makes our lives rich and give us meaning. Mm -hmm. So it is really about that, that engagement. And do you see that through this technology that the engagement rates just go up far beyond what we normally see with, with text and with the, the typical social media stuff. Oh, oh yeah. It's mind boggling. We do a lot of outreach and kind of prospecting on LinkedIn and our video business cards can be put right into LinkedIn messages. 
And it's really been cool to see when you add one of those and you put your face in a smile and the wave, the amount of responses you get versus just text because text doesn't stand out. Everyone can write, you know, some text here and there, but it really doesn't grab anybody's attention. They got to read it all and then decide if it's worth responding to you or, or worth connecting. But when you add a smile and a wave, or if you're doing a real personal video, maybe you, you write the person's name or you hold up their favorite book, you know, in the video and they immediately know, oh, this person wants to connect with me and they want to do it in a personal way. And there's still a bit of a social just kind of, you know, respect that we have when somebody puts their face yeah. out there and it's sure. like, oh, okay, I'll connect with this person. Similarly to if you were walking down the road or if you were at a coffee shop and you saw somebody and you introduced yourself, if you introduced yourself to somebody at a coffee shop and they just turned around and walked away, that would be very awkward and weird, right? Yeah. But that's what we do with text emails and text prospecting all the time. We just delete it, spam, delete, spam, delete, spam. When someone sure. puts a smile and a wave and they put themselves out there, it's much harder for people to ignore that. And so you get a response and then you can start to build the relationship and add some value to them, which is what you're trying to kind of get the opportunity to do. Yeah, I get that. What I expect is that communication then flows through video. So there's also a video going back, right? Yeah. They can, people can respond with video, yeah. with audio, or they can even send text back. And there is a time where, you know, that's good. Like we're not against text communication, but I think at the very onset of a relationship, it's much better. It starts much more personally and, and true. Yeah. That's the magic at the end. If you start like that, you start on a great ground that is protecting from there, I would say. So yeah. I'm always interested to like, were there any surprising byproducts that came out of the development process that you didn't see coming? Yeah. So the, actually the product in and of itself was a byproduct. So I was creating a different type of automated video maker, kind of automated slideshow maker. And I showed it to one of my friends, Eric Knopf, who has a company called Web Connects. They do online ticketing for big events. And I showed it to him and he's like, I want to use this technology to send personal emails to everyone who signs up for Web Connects. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, I'm going to steal that idea and build that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so it was a byproduct of that other product. And he said, all right, just give me the first copy. So I built it and gave him the first copy. He has like five or six different companies and he uses yeah. Warm Welcome in all of them. And it's fun to- Yeah, I mean, it's funny how, how these things sometimes come along, you know? It's, so that's why I'm asking a question about the pricing byproducts because I've heard a couple of times right now that the surprising byproduct was, is actually the product now. Because you, yeah, you just land and suddenly you see the real fit and the real need. Yeah, that's what it started really all about. So talking about it, the go-to-market process, what did you learn from bringing this to market, from selling this? been learning a lot. One, just how comfortable people have been kind of hiding behind text and how, you know, especially a year ago or a year and a half ago, people really were uncomfortable with a personal video. They were okay with a polished professional video, yeah, true. but they weren't okay with just a personal video. And so that was a real hang up 
for most people to adopt personal video until, you know, COVID happened, which kind of forced everybody to get comfortable, you know, in their house, in their room, recording a video that wasn't perfect. Yeah. And what we've obviously seen is the power in that, the power in an authentic personal video is way better than a professionally produced, polished video. And, and so that's what people are doing. When they take the risk and they put themselves out there, they get rewarded for it. But it's also with the written, written posts, for example, on LinkedIn, the ones that are more vulnerable, the ones that are more about you know, sharing experiences and the real thing, mm-hmm. always get more exposure and more engagement. That's for people uh, like and see. You know, it's they, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how people, I think, are wired. It's exactly also what you say on your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, why I got attracted to this uh, to your company in the first place. So, I mean, I told you about my book, The Remarkable Effect. And in the book, I highlight the 10 traits that define a remarkable software business. A couple of businesses, and you'd likely gone through success and through failure. So I would like to understand your perspective on what you think it takes to create a product or a company that people talk about. Mm. What are some essentials in your mind? Well, it takes a lot of patience. And I think that's an underrated, maybe, I don't know if it's a skill, but a virtue that we don't often talk about. You know, we talk about how quickly can you get to market? How quickly can you grow? You know, all that stuff. It's all about speed. And most things take a little bit of time. And uh, oftentimes, early adopters, innovators, people creating things, build things before the market is really ready for them. Any innovative product is is not going to reach the mass market right away because the mass market doesn't understand it. They don't know why they need it. You know, it's going to take a lot of iterations to get to the place from a typical innovative founder where they're thinking, which is often the future, to a laggard, right? If you look at the kind of bell curve of innovation, right? You have the late majority and the laggards that are the majority of the market. And, uh, and so, yeah, having patience, not thinking of an idea or a product as a failure, just because, you know, the day you launched it, you didn't have, you know, a thousand sales. It's like, you might have one sale the first month. But learn from that, listen to your customers, listen to people who want your product, not the people that don't want your product, right? A lot of early feedback you get is from people who really aren't interested in your product and that's fine. Ignore them, find people who are already interested, but just having questions and adapt and, you know, be kind of willing to shift a little bit, you know, you don't have to change everything just because somebody wanted something different than what you built. But, but taking that feedback and creating those early feedback loop is really important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really did understanding of who is your ideal customer. You're talking about customers that want your product and customers that don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes people are not ready for it. And of course, they start to ask completely different questions that have not, nothing to do with making your product better. It's just to kind of uh, push you off almost. Yeah, it is really important to find that sweet spot. And of course, a very important element of start, creating a startup and getting that right, getting that mm-hmm. right quickly. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, the earlier, the better at the end. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people will, they'll take so much time thinking about, you know, building that first version of their product 
that by the time they put it out there, it's already fully baked in their mind, right? Because yeah. when you're first creating something, you have all these ingredients, right? It's like cooking. And you take all the ingredients and you put them together and then, you know, you put them in the oven. Well, once you've baked them, I mean, you try to rebake a cookie, it just burns and crumbles and falls apart. Now, if you take the ingredients and the idea and you get kind of an MVP of the product ready, something very lightweight, like a prototype, right? So you just have everything kind of in a quasi working fashion, present that to some people. Now it's not baked yet. And you can massage it around and move some things around and get some feedback on it before it's baked. And so I think that's something that nowadays is much more possible. You can build an MVP of a product for a 10th of the cost that you could, you know, even five years ago. And so get a prototype, get an MVP out and then go from there. I mean, you see little tiny companies like us doing this all the way up to some of the biggest companies in the world, like Tesla doing this. The first version of their cars are prototypes. They're hand built to see how the market responds to them and they sell them. And when they sell a ton of them, then they go figure out how they're going to build them, right? It's a very different model in building things today than it was even just a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole fail fast uh, mantra. And that's a good thing. And I completely agree with you. I mean, I come from the world. I've always been in the enterprise resource planning space. We had release cycles of two years. Wow. The full development team was just working on something for two years. Wow. Imagine the product that comes out of that. Yeah. And what do you do when you come out with that product and the market rejects it? Like in your mind, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. Look at all that work that we've done. Mm -hmm. We've done a thousand new features that come (laughs) back. Yeah, exactly. But that's a good thing of what the cloud introduced 20 years ago. And yeah, for certain products, there's still like release cycles of half a year, possibly. Yeah, but at the end, it's the faster, the better, the less the impact. Pretty much it's about the innovation and about the things that you can really iterate with a small group, grow that group, or things get better. Yeah. I completely agree with that as well. We did the MVP as a side project case study of Warm Welcome, got an MVP out, usable, workable video emails out for $10,000 and one month of development. One month. And from there, we iterated, we've released kind of these new little features every couple of days for the last year and a half. Yeah. So that's how agile things are getting. Sometimes we're releasing every day Exactly. and there's no reason not to, like, you don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars on the prototype, on the MVP, on even the V1 anymore. And so, you know, one of my other companies, agree.com is a contracts and payment service cost a million dollars to build the first version. And that was in 2014. So you go from building the first version of a product in 2014, which cost a million dollars down to $10,000, just, you know, whatever, six, seven years later. So the world is changing and development and creating things is changing so fast. And so now more ideas come to market. We get to experience more things like the amount of apps that are created daily. It's crazy. True. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that's also kind of posing a different challenge because there are so many new things coming out. Like how do you, how do you stand or kind of rise above the crowd? How do people see you? That all comes down again to, I mean, how do you 
ensure that you get seen by the right people. I mean, that's exactly what Warm Welcome is built to do. Because over the last, you know, couple of years, especially maybe even decade or two, there's been this fantasy in technology where it's like, oh, I'm going to go build something in my garage and I'm going to create, I'm going to put up some Facebook ads and I'm going to build a funnel, you know, and do the, you know, the, these funnels to drive customers. And the problem is that everyone is doing the same thing, right? And in marketing, if you want to stand out, if you want there to be any magic to it, you got to do something different. And nowadays, the main thing that you can do that's very easy, very cheap is to be yourself, right? And so when you put yourself on your website, when you personally engage with your early customers, that's what's going to turn them into evangelists. Like you don't get word of mouth marketing going because you have a great sales funnel. <laughs> you get word of mouth going, word of mouth going because you invested and you add a lot of value to these people. So doing brainstorming sessions, we do brainstorming sessions every week with our customers. Do mastermind groups with your customers. You know, add value, add value, add value. And then you'll build a relationship through that. And that's what's going to get your business going. What makes me curious, is your product also creating a form of virality? Because I, I can imagine that when you send something out and people see it, it's like, hey, this is interesting. I want to have this as well. So how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. There is there's a viral component to it because it's still new and novel. And so when somebody sees a video business card, they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go get one of those. And so you yeah. can get video business cards, video email signatures completely for free. And so, you know, those are, are nice, easy. They're good. It's good for us when people use them because it brings exposure to the product. But yeah, that's a, a great piece of the puzzle. You know, if you can create things that are viral or things that have a network effect where there's value to the people using the product, the more people that use the product, sure. you know, things like that are, are really good and, and important. And we try to build them all in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that for, for a product like yours, that is, it's almost like a natural thing to have or that, that, it, that it has that virality effect. And of course, that is fantastic. You get the word of mouth, literally word of mouth, <laughs> because people are speaking about it themselves. Yeah. yeah. So what are you most proud of achieving so far? I mean, are there any anecdotes from customers that, that where you say, my God, I didn't, I didn't see this one coming? We're really early in it. So, you know, we're seeing people use it for all sorts of different things. I would say that what I'm proud of is our team, our very small team, really continuing to put themselves out there and engage with customers as much as they can. You know, we, we basically started building a year and a half ago or so, and then just kind of let it do its thing for a little while, didn't do much sales and marketing. Had our official kind of release just a couple months ago and really? uh, it's been really well received. And so, you know, we had a couple thousand people come in pretty quickly. And, and that was tough because, you know, we haven't had that before. Most of the time it's pretty slow. That's hard, right? You get overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, it's easy to resort to communication that is less personal and less authentic and more generic. And so we're trying to both grow our team, but also continue to have that personal touch and show people like it's a better way of doing business. 
You know, people are tired of robots. You know, people want relationships with the people that they do business with. They don't want to talk to an automated robot. They don't want to fill out a form on your website. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. So do you envision that at some point in time you will send more video communication out than emails? Or is this already the case? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's becoming the case right now. Almost every single communication that we put out has a video component to it. And you're seeing it more and more, I'm sure, you know, where you used to get these big email blasts from companies, these promotional email blasts. Look at how many of those have a big video at the top. And oftentimes it's a personal video. It's the founder, the owner, whatever, the CEO talking to you in the video. And so we're seeing the effectiveness of it across the board from little companies to massive companies. So yeah, I think that's a big way that almost every business can still stand out is by just being themselves. Like you're different, you're unique you have value that nobody else has. And so put that out there, share that with people. Yeah, it reminds me I should do more of this myself. So keep me to that. So so having started a couple of companies, I'm always interested to to hear your advice of the things that you would possibly advise other aspiring CEOs or CEOs that want to take the company to the next level. What does it do and what does it don't that you would like to give them? You know, every person has their own kind of unique approach to things. And so it's tough to give general advice, you know, on that topic, because what's right for me might not be right for somebody else, you know, because what I love is the variety. I love kind of the chaos of the beginning and different ideas and exploring this and that, and that might not be right for somebody else. But I would say general advice would be to get products out early and be patient and continue to move things forward. Don't judge the success off of the initial release, the launch. It's comical that we even use the word launch. We need to change the words we use because most of the time, just like us, right? We launched our product in 2019 and nobody cared for years. And we built, 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 and you know, added and changed things. So we need to change our language. And instead of launching, I think we need to call it planting. Because typically, like when you plant a seed and you nurture it and you water it, you do all of that and you don't even see anything sometimes for months. Everything is underground. It's growing, right? You're still watering and nurturing, taking care of it, but it's underground. And that's the way it typically works when you launch your company is nothing happens. (laughs) So just be okay with that. Continue to nurture it, continue to grow it, continue to develop. And pretty soon you'll see a little sprout. That's your first customer, you know? And from there you keep going and you get a little offshoot and you get a little customer over here and one over here. And so don't feel like you have to have this huge success right away or it's a failure. It's not, it's just, part of the process. And if you can enjoy that process and say, I like doing this, I like building things and creating things. And I don't know how it's going to turn out or when it's going to turn out, but I'm going to keep working on it. That's maybe the closest thing I could get to some do's and don'ts. 
Well, I mean, that's valuable advice because too many people judge themselves. Like now it's not time to launch. We believe he's right. And then indeed, indeed it's flat. Where there's <laughs> like this little bump and then it stops again. Right. Where that's just a sign of, okay, you're on the right way. Uh, more things to do. Well, there's room for tuning. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, I've, I've been through this myself with my own company as well. It's part of the fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, stick to it. I completely agree with that. So what is next for you? Where do you want to take this company in the next 12 months? Yeah. So actually what's next for me, I'm working on selling one of my companies, one of my kind of oldest companies. And what I want to do is take some of that money, invest it into warm welcome and build out bigger team because we're seeing it working for people. So we've kind of solved the early problems of, you know, product market fit. And so now we need a team to grow it. And I have two young boys now and I've done five different, you know, startups. And so I want to take the next 10 years and do something very much in the physical world, maybe with some technology, but I'd love to go and start a business that I can do with my kids. Cool. You know, that's something that I think for the next 10 years, a real unique time in their life. And so, you know, doing a a farm or a ranch, you know, something like that, and maybe applying some, some tech to it, but you know, work that I can do with them and teach them the value of work, teach them that work is fun. It's not a bad thing. Like we get to work. We don't have to work and we get to create things. We get to build things. We get to care for, for things. Like that's a privilege that we have that we should celebrate. Right. Yeah. I try to get out of it, just try to find work that we enjoy. And, and so that's what's next for me and my family. Nice. I mean, I, I applaud for that. Such a wise decision to to spend that critical time that now the kids are, are small to uh, to do something that way you can actually see them a lot. And actually, yeah, mm-hmm. like you say, show them the values. So kudos. So where can people go to find out more about Warm Welcome? And also to, to, war- to say hi to you. Yeah, we just go to warmwelcome.com and uh, you're going to see Devin there on the website. She'll be waving to you and you can see her. click on video bubble and she'll chat with you and, you know, send me a video. I, you know, it's just a a nice way to kind of keep in touch with people. It's asynchronous. So it's not live video, but it's, you know, you send me a video and you do that when it's convenient for you. I get it. I watch it and I can send you a video back when it's convenient for me. And so there's no scheduling. You don't have to sync up your calendars, nothing like that. And you can use it for a million different things. You can collect video testimonials and you can send videos back and forth asynchronously. So all that just kind of helps people stay connected to the contribution they're making, right? Because if I'm working with you and you know, you've added value to me, then you can say, hey, I've got this marketing thing I'm doing. I'd love to hear testimonial from you of what it was like to work together. You know, I really enjoyed working with you, but um, just send me a video back of what it was like. And you get these video testimonials from people because it's easy for them to give them. And you can share those and you can use that to, you know, really get your word of mouth or what we call word of mouse going, right? Word of mouth on steroids is word of mouse marketing. You get those testimonials that build trust really quickly. You get those flying around the internet and it can can really help a product get going. Fantastic. 
I'm going to check it out. Thanks for this, uh, David. I really like what your company is doing. We have discovered on podcast. I like the way you started this, the story around that your product actually came as a surprising byproduct that tells a lot about how important it is to be able to pivot. Your wisdom around starting companies and, and what it takes to, uh, to build a great one. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Tom. No, it's an honor to be here and I'm excited to keep following along and hear more from the other guests that you have. For sure. Plenty of them online already and there's more to come because this is something that I keep doing for years. And this ends my conversation with David. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please leave a review on iTunes. And if it inspired you, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I had the honor to speak to David J, founder and CEO of Warm Welcome. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.